Please be seated. It is so great to be back with you. Thank you so much for the invitation to come and worship God together in this place uh, and to preach God's word today. My name is Ross Lockhart, and I serve as Dean of St. Andrew's Hall, which is the Presbyterian Church in Canada College uh, on the campus of the University of British Columbia. I've had the opportunity many times to, uh, to worship with you, uh, to preach. Uh, you were actually involved in one of my studies of Christianity uh, in Vancouver that uh, will be published this fall. And so I'm always interested in what is going on uh, at St. Pete's and a joy to be with you. Especially good to be here on Family Sunday. This has been so much fun preparing for today. Uh, and there has been so much extra work that has gone into this service. So can we have a round of applause for all the staff and volunteers? And this is now the best part, is ushers are coming through not with baskets to take your money, but to give you something. Isn't that awesome? It doesn't happen often in church. So you're going to receive a bird uh, that you are most welcome to color. And this is not limited uh, to children. Uh, adults, you are also invited to take a bird uh, and to color and uh, to just uh, make that the most beautiful bird. We've heard God's word read for us so well already today in that amazing passage from Luke's gospel where this mustard seed grows into this enormous shrub tree and it's so big that birds can come and nest in it and seek shelter. So uh, as we explore the teaching time today on God's word, invite you to just uh, color however you'd like, uh, whatever colors come to mind, however you're inspired. And then later in the service, we will bring them up as an offering to God and to place them up here at the front. Let's uh, begin with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Thanks, God, for Sunday mornings. Thanks for a church family. Thanks for the opportunity to know you, to love you, and to serve you. And for this time, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so last night, I had an amazing night. I was at the Vancouver Canadians baseball game. Any baseball fans in church? Nice, okay. Now, it's not as high a level as Blue Jays. We all know that, right? It's just a step down, but that's what makes it colorful. And the only thing better than a beautiful Saturday night in Vancouver watching baseball is doing so with a delicious hot dog. Amen? Who, who enjoys a good hot dog in church? Okay, very good. And especially kids, I want to hear, what do you put on your hot dog? Shout it out. Nothing. I heard nothing. That sounds about, <laughs> that sounds about right. Does anyone put anything else on? Mustard. Mustard. Anyone else? Ketchup. What else? Onions. Relish. Good. Okay. So now, I don't want to divide the church, but people are very particular on what they put on a hot dog. We've already heard nothing. And we all have one person in our family like that. Amen. It's like, don't touch it. Uh, you know, just, or if it's a burger, it's like meat and bun and that's it, right? Uh, I always put mustard on first. I don't know why. Ever since I've been a child, I'm like meticulous on this. Always has to be mustard first. And mustard is delicious, right? But then I cannot help myself if the choices are available. I keep adding things to my hot dog. And that's what I did last night at the Vancouver Canadians baseball game. Of course, I added ketchup and relish and onions. I found a package of mayonnaise. And then to top it all off, get ready to cringe, sauerkraut. Yeah. 
Amazing. Okay, so I'm a prairie guy, grew up in Winnipeg. It's all sauerkraut all the time. Some people don't like it. And kids, if you don't know what that is, you can ask your parents later. But it's like a, a kind of a cabbage that's been fermented. It smells awful and it tastes delicious. <laughs> so once it's on there, I once at Costco here in Vancouver got a container of sauerkraut that big on sale. And when I went to the checkout, I said to the cashier, if my wife were here, she would not allow me to buy this. And do you know what the cashier said? If I were your wife, I would not allow you to buy that, <laughs> right? Okay, and so I was midway through enjoying my hot dog last night, I realized I cannot taste the mustard. I cannot taste anything except the sauerkraut. And I started to feel a little bad for mustard because it is the smallest seed, as you've heard. It's often forgotten. And in the Bible, there are all kinds of cool references to mustard. Jesus says at one point, if you have faith even as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Imagine like swapping out Grouse and Mount Seymour, just being able to do that. That would be remarkable, right? And so we have a lot of references to mustard in the Bible, but it's always about how tiny it is and how overshadowed and forgotten it is. And today's reading is no exception. So Jesus is teaching, and he gives us this image of a garden, and a man plants a seed, just like we saw done here so beautifully. A seed is planted, and it grows, just like that lovely video we watched. It's growing, 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 but it gets really, really big, so big, in fact, that it can even provide shelter to birds on a hot day. Now, this is called a parable, and a parable is a certain kind of teaching story that Jesus uses in the Bible. And in Sunday school and kids' church and so forth, you'll often hear parables being taught, and they're wonderful because they draw on everyday imagery. Now, a lot of people say, oh, this is an easy one, Ross. I know what this means. All it means is that with God, things grow really big, and we celebrate that. Well, mm, maybe, kind of, that is part of the story. But when I was studying to be a pastor at the University of Toronto, I remember I had a New Testament professor who said, if you ever just read a parable and you've got it like that, eh, you should stop and go back and read it again. You probably missed something. Parables are fun that way. They have like little hidden clues in them. There was a, a teacher of the New Testament in the last century called C.H. Dodd, and he gave a great definition of what a parable is. He said, a parable is, uh, it's a metaphor or a simile. So we'll stop there. So kids, a metaphor or a simile is when something is kind of like something else, right? So it would be like if I said, I don't know, Rob or uh, Richard or Phil, uh, they're, like, uh, they're like Superman, right? Or Heidi is like Wonder Woman pulling all of this service off today. They're not actually, she is actually, yeah. But they're not actually that person, but they're like that person. So this guy said, a parable is when you tell a story that's kind of like something, but you always use everyday imagery, things that we see every day, but you tell it in a way that it teases your mind into imagination which is kind of a cool way to think of it. Like you stop and go, huh, I wonder about that. 
So what I think we can say is the very first people who heard Jesus say, a man planted a seed, mustard seed in the garden, and grow so big that birds could come and shelter, we think that's a good thing. But the original audience, they would hear it a little bit differently. Because you see, the mustard seed is used to describe God's kingdom. And the kingdom of God is very different than the other ways of the world. In fact, earlier in the Gospel of Luke, when Jesus is baptized, and then he goes into the wilderness and he's tempted by the devil, the devil says, you can have all of these kingdoms. They can all be yours. I was actually in the place last month where that took place. I was leading a group to Israel. I take groups from time to time, pilgrimage uh, groups. And we went to the baptismal site where Jesus was baptized by John. And then we went to Jericho, which is very cool. It's the oldest city in the world. Uh, and when you're there, you can look up at the mountaintop and that's the traditional place where they thought Jesus was spending his 40 days. There's even a monastery up there called the Monastery of Temptation. Imagine how much fun the monks must have there, right? <laughs> and so up in that place, Jesus said, no, I know what the kingdom of God is. It's not what you're offering me. It's not the power of this world. It is always different than what you expect. And so too in this parable of the mustard seed, you think, huh, hold on a second, the original people who heard this, they'd be a little nervous about a mustard plant. Why? You can't control it. It gets way out of control. In one of our homes that we lived in on the north shore of Vancouver, we had a small yard, and in it, I don't know who let this happen, it was long before we owned the house, there were blackberry bushes, you know the wild kind? And we used to love going and picking the blackberries, I always do this on golf courses in Vancouver, but note to self, always pick the high ones, and I'll say why after church if you need to know why. Right, okay. Uh, and so you love the fruit, but they grow everywhere, and they take over everything. So we had that problem, and then I don't know who in their right mind planted bamboo, but we had bamboo in our yard, and that just was taking over everything. Yes, it was lovely to look at, um, but my wife even looked into renting a panda to eat the bamboo, to get rid of it. It just, you cut it down and the next day it would come back. It was wild. So whenever I think of blackberries or bamboo, I cringe a little. And the people who heard Jesus tell this story, they would have said, uh, hold on a second. Like, you can't control that. We're farmers. We like having control of our crops, knowing what's gonna come out and making money off it and feeding people in the end. But a mustard seed and a mustard plant, man, that is wild. Now, you could use the seeds. I was amazed this week when I looked up that 3,000 years before Jesus walked on this earth, people were making mustard. Now, maybe not kosher hot dogs at baseball games, but they were making mustard as a spice uh, to help with healing, and they would grind it into a paste and squeeze it out, just like we do today. So they could use it, but they were careful. Ooh, this sounds a little bit dangerous. Now, this is important because Jesus is using all of this imagery today to talk about what the kingdom of God is like. And so we know that God is in charge of the kingdom. We are not. And we have to be okay with the way that God works is not the way that we would choose to work. God surprises us, which is exciting, but can be a little bit, uh, makes us anxious sometimes too, because when you follow Jesus, 
You never really know where he's going to ask you to serve or to live or how you can bless others. That's the excitement, but it's also you have to give up control. You're not in control. And when the mustard plant grows and grows and grows, it's God who's controlling the growth, not us as human beings. And when you follow Jesus year after year and when you delight in his presence, you learn a certain rhythm of accepting that following Jesus means always being open, having like a posture, almost like in baseball, when you wait for someone to hit the ball to you, you're ready for it, a posture to receive what God wants you to do. You know, Facebook this week reminded me of where I was at this very time last year. I was in Washington State, and I was preaching at a friend's church. A friend is named Brandon Bailey, and he planted a church around the same time St. Pete's was planted, but he planted it uh, in Stanwood, Washington. Uh, and mummies and daddies will know that area because that's on the way to the outlet mall north of Seattle. Amen? Okay, we know what we're talking about. Okay. And so what Brandon did is he felt God calling him to plant a church. So he bought a house on nearby uh, Camino Island. And uh, he started to gather people to worship in his home. And they started super, super small, like four, six people in his living room. And they had a rule that whenever anyone was brave enough to invite someone else to this Sunday night dinner and worship time, they would put aside all of their planning and they would just focus on the new person. Tell us about you. We want to know about you. It wasn't a switch and bait. They're like, we're Christians. We love Jesus. But, but because we love Jesus, we want to know about you. And their community started to grow and to grow. It outgrew their house. And they started looking for a place to worship. And Brandon was telling me that he called up a real estate agent friend because there was an old auto garage in the heart of the small town that uh, had recently been a yoga studio, and it went out of business. Now, Pacific Northwest, if you can't make money in yoga, come on, wow. And so uh, he could get a really good deal on the place. And he called the guy up and he said, hey, so, you know, I'm pastor of this uh, church plant. We're looking for a place to meet. Um, I think maybe I want to have a look at that old auto garage. And the real estate agent said, oh, yeah, okay, I'll meet you there in a few minutes. I'll meet you at the old church. I thought, what? That's strange. And so he met the real estate agent. And he said, oh, you didn't know, like, 100 years ago, this building was a church. And he started to look at it behind, like, the grease stains from the auto garage and the rolled-up yoga mat in the corner. And he started to see, like, the bones of what would have been a church building. And this was a few years ago. And by the time I went to worship, Last summer, it had a very St. Pete's kind of feel, very warm, welcoming, casual, all ages represented. And as I worshipped and preached in that church, I was thinking of this parable, of something that starts small, but also you cannot control. There's no way that you could predict what happens when God's kingdom breaks into our lives. I also thought about a 100 years earlier the last person out to flick off the lights in that church, that if they only trusted in what human beings can do, they would have said, oh, I guess this didn't work out. But then a hundred years later, in that exact same spot, God was being praised by all nations under heaven in all ages. This is what the mustard seed kingdom looks like. It surprises us. It shocks us. It delights us. And we cannot control it. And so, friends, following Jesus means a kingdom lifestyle with an expectation 
of Revelation. The kingdom, can you see it? Can you taste it? Can you hear it? Let us pray. God, you're so good to us, and we delight in this family service with all ages worshiping you here. We acknowledge that the ways of the world are not your ways, and so we are ready to be surprised by your kingdom ways. Help us trust that everything small can be used for your glory and that the growth is in your hands. We bless you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.